everybody, this is JJ. I'm back with Broomsticks and Braille, Harry Potter fan fiction. Oh, it's good to be back, everybody. Um, my amazing listeners, wow. I, I came back and there have been so many listens. So as always, as always, as always, thank you so, so much. It is really good to be back. Um, I got very isolated during the coronavirus and that was just sad. So, um, so I've decided to come back just on a whim and... I'm back. I'm back. That's the name of this game. <laughs> anyway, um, nothing has really changed in terms of housekeeping. Um, my room looks a little bit more lived in, but hey, you know. <laughs> anyway, um, but seriously though, if um, you want to get a hold of me, um, this is JJ, just capital J, capital J, uh, same email, um, broomsticksandbraille, hpff at gmail.com. It's broomsticksandbraille, B-R-A-I-L-L-E, hpff at gmail.com. Um, and then also some disclaimers that I think I'll start adding here. Um, so first off, um, this is a Harry Potter fan fiction podcast. I uh, read Harry Potter fan fiction, enjoy it, I have fun with it. Um, and sometimes I do some silly, silly accents, so if that offends you, you know, please don't listen. Um, sometimes I don't. Um, and then also, you know, there might be some adult content uh, coming up. Um, I haven't gotten too raunchy yet. Just wait, guys. <laughs> but yeah, um, this, um, you know, there, the, the warning's there for a reason. Um, there might be some adult content. There might be some characters in some situations where you're going, why on earth are these characters in this situation? This never happened in the book. If your favorite thing is the Harry Potter books and the original canon, then probably might not want to listen to this podcast. Um, because I like just reading Harry Potter fan fiction. I love Harry Potter fan fiction. It is amazing. I love how creative authors out there get. So speaking of which, speaking of authors and creativity, um, oh, actually, yeah, first off, speaking of that, I have not forgotten my Dudley fanfic. Um, I, a few episodes ago, I read, um, uh, the first two chapter, or yeah, the first two chapters of a fanfic that I'm writing about Dudley. Um, I haven't forgotten that. I've just run into some lovely, lovely writer's block. But I've been getting a lot of reviews for it on Archive of Our Own. If anyone on Archive is listening, thank you so much. I, wow. The kudos pop up in my email occasionally and I'm just like, whoa, people are still following this thing. It's, it's amazing. So... I'm working on it, guys. Um, yeah, so I have not forgotten about that. Um, I think that's it for housekeeping, so let's get to this uh, fanfic of this episode. of Episode 12, I think, is where I'm at right now, which is pretty exciting. So let's get to the fanfic of this episode, and yeah, let's do this. Alright everybody, so for this week, I'm going to be reading the first eh, few, couple, whatever, chapters of a story called Pass the Snog. This is by KT the Shimmer Skank. Um, so this story, <laughs> it's about a cursed snog. A kiss. A cursed kiss. Cursed snog. Snog, you know, in the UK, kiss in the makeout probably is more like it in America. Um, so I figured, uh, kind of some dark humor here, I figured, you know, everyone's talking about the coronavirus, so I'm just going to read a story about something in a p getting passed from person to person because I have a weird sense of humor that way. But um, I love this story. It's just, it's hilarious. Um, it cracks me up, and I figured it'd be fun, lighthearted thing to read coming back. Um, oh, let's see. So as you can imagine, there will be kissing, there will be snogging, there will be making out. Um, between a lot of very unlikely characters. So, I think this technically qualifies as a crack fic, which in fanfiction land, that basically means a fic that puts characters together that you're just like, what? How? Why? Huh? So, um, there's a little bit, I'm just gonna put this disclaimer on here too, because the author, uh, themselves did as well. Um, there's a little bit of incest if you yeah, it's there. Um, it's not, you know, really graphic or anything. Um, so, but it is there. Um, so just a heads up that exists. Um, it's in a really, really funny way. I'm, I'm 
I'm gonna ease you guys into the actual legitimate stuff. Anyway, <laughs> I keep threatening that. I should, you know, do it at some point. Um, but yeah, there will be a little bit of incest, so um, take that as fair warning. Um, it's in a really humorous way, so take that as well. Um, but yeah, there's gonna be a lot of kissing in this fic, and there's gonna be a lot of just silliness and fun, and I don't know, I might end up reading the whole thing, not sure yet. Um, once I get going, we'll see. <laughs> but um, if I don't read the whole thing, I just, I, I, I highly encourage everybody to look up this fic, which I will put the link in the description as always, um, because this really is a cute and funny fan fiction. So without any further, I don't know, puckering up, let's get to Past the Snog by KT the Shimmer Skank. Chapter 1. Let the snogging begin. George fell out of his four-poster bed that morning and let out a howl as his head hit the hard floor of the dormitory. Bloody hell, he muttered. Fred, rather sleepy-eyed, looked over at his twin from his bed. What's all the fuss about, George? I fell out of bed. I think I'm going to have a bruise. Ugh, what a way to start. He stopped speaking abruptly. Wait a minute. He got off the floor and ran over to the wall to check the calendar. All right! Finally! Fred looked curiously over at his brother. Uh, are you feeling okay? George clapped his hand with delight and bounced around the room. Of course I am! I'm feeling superb! I've been waiting for this day all week! And what day is that? A mischievous grin spread across George's face and he marched slowly towards his twin. Fred fumbled around looking for his wand, for the look on George's face gave him the impression he was up to no good. Come here, you slimy git, said George with a laugh. He grabbed Fred by the pyjamas and, and pulled him to him, giving him a fierce kiss, not hesitating to slip a bit of tongue in as well. Fred pushed his brother off of him, utterly bewildered. George stood before him, laughing. Have you gone stark raving mad? Not at all. Today is past the snob day. Fred's eyes were still wide as grapefruits, and he still had the impression his brother had gone off his rocker. What are you talking about, George? You just kissed me, you nutter. George nodded and beamed with pride. That's right, I did. And now you've got only half an hour to pass it to someone else. Uh, come again? George sighed with impatience and realised he was going to have to explain it all if he wanted things to go the way he'd planned. A week ago, you see, I stumbled upon the snogging spell. Fred snickered. The snogging spell? You're full of it. No, really. Years ago, past the snog day, used to be an unofficial tradition here at Hogwarts. Then one year, some git of a headmaster put a stop to it and it's been hushed up ever since. I found out about it, though, and I... And I performed the spell on myself. It starts today. I passed the snog to you, and now you have to pass it to someone else within half an hour. If you don't, you'll be hit by the... S you'll be hit by the snoggy... S if you don't, you'll be hit by the soggy snog curse. Fred I eyed his brother incredulously. The soggy snog curse? Come off it, George. You've gone mad. It's true, I tell you. You'll get... You'll get wretched boils all over your mouth, and then don't go, and they won't go away until this time next year. Go on then, and wait for half an hour to pass if you don't believe me. George snickered. <clears throat> then you'll. George snickered. Then you'll see. Fred sighed and. Fred sighed and rolled his eyes. Well, thanks a lot, George. This is just peachy. George gave his twin's shoulder. A nudge. Ah, oh, don't be such a spoil sport. This is going to be fun. Just pass the snog on to someone else. And you don't, and you won't have a thing to worry about for the rest of the day. You can't be snogged again once you've been, uh, once you've already had it passed to you. You can sit back with me and watch the fun. Fred was uncertain. He was still baffled by the fact that his twin brother had just given him a slippery and wild kiss, and that he seemed to be slightly out of his mind. 
He had to admit to himself, though, that George's lapse insanity might just prove to invoke a day of wonderful entertainment. Well, all right then. I guess I'd better get to passing the snog then, eh? George grinned. That's the spirit! George danced around the room for a bit, which confirmed Fred's suspicions that his brother had indeed gone mad. Wake up, boys! Wake up! George hollered for the rest of the dormitory to hear. We've got to... We've got a day, a great day ahead of us. Wake up. The other boys started to stir, looking over at George with confusion and irritation in their eyes. George ran over the George ran over to the door and swung it open. He leaned out and called merrily for the entire tower to hear. Wake up, Gryffindors! It's past the snog day. Chapter 2. Fred passes the snog. Fred hurriedly got ready for school and rushed to wait at the bottom of the stairs that led up to the girls' dormitory. He knew the last... He knew the least awkward to kit. He knew the least awkward person to kiss would be Angelina Johnson. So far, they were just friends, but he occasionally got the impression that their feelings were much greater than friends normally felt. As he watched at the foot of the stairs, he thought back on the many occasions when he almost had kissed Angelina. It wasn't that he was afraid. He was just... Oh, wait, yes, it was because he was afraid. Whenever he thought it was precisely the right moment to snatch a tasty kiss from Angelina's lips, he would suddenly take notice of her intense brown eyes and back away. Well, not today. Nothing like a soggy snog curse for a little motivation, eh? He began to grow impatient as he waited and saw no sign of Angelina. He tapped his foot and wiped a drop of sweat from his brow. He mentally prepared himself. As soon as you see her, just make a dash at her, he told himself. Kiss first, explain later. Yeah, that'll be the best approach. He nodded to himself. Oh, he noted to himself that he should also be prepared to duck directly afterwards. For Angelina's quidditch years had given her muscular arms and mean right hook. He hoped, however, that Angelina would be delighted rather than infuriated to receive an early morning snog. Would she be angry with him? He wondered. Did he had passed on to her the burden of the snogging spell? He knew that he himself had been rather troubled by the whole ordeal. Then again, he had been passed the snog by his twin brother, a bizarre experience in itself. And then an even more troubling thought came to mind. Who would Angelina kiss once she had been passed the snog? She couldn't return it to Fred, for George had already told him the snog couldn't double back. Fred was suddenly quite bothered by thoughts of Angelina kissing someone else. Was that what he wanted? Perhaps he should consider someone else to snog. He watched as other girls came down the stairs and left the dormitory to go to breakfast. He examined all of them in a panic, wondering if he should just run up to one of them and get it over with. He began to sweat and fidget nervously. It's only a snog, Fred. It shouldn't be a big deal. And yet he found himself utterly confused. The clock was ticking and the girls passing by him were becoming fewer in number. His feet seemed glued to the floor, and there was no sign of Angelina. Ah, oh, damn! George's madness and the bloody snog! Fred made a mental note to give his brother a good whomping before the day was over. He began to slap his forehead in frustration, unsure of what his move would be. What's he doing? Lee Jordan asked George. They stood in the Gryffindor common room, watching Fred pound away at his own head. Oh, that, George replied. He's just a little upset about past the snog day. Past the snog day? You mean what you were making all that ruckus about this morning when you woke up the whole bloody tower? Yep, that's the one. I'm reintroducing Hogwarts' greatest tradition. George's eyes were sparkling with pride for himself. 
Lee glanced with curious eyes over at George, who had a rather stupid look on his face, and then over at Fred, who was now bashing his own who was now bashing his own head and even appeared to be mumbling to himself. He seemed very doubtful of George's statement. Uh, is that a fact? George nodded vigorously. Fred stopped slapping himself and grew quite tired of tormenting himself. He would simply have to go for it. However, there was still no sign of Angelina. He wasn't sure how long he'd been waiting, but he had a feeling his 30 minutes were he had a feeling his 30 minutes were quickly being used up. Oi, Alicia, he said impatiently as he spotted fellow Quidditch player Alicia Spinnett coming down the stairs. Have you seen Angelina? She left for breakfast some time ago, said Alicia. Oh, great, muttered Fred. He made a dash for the portrait hole. Oh, and Fred, called George as his brother swept past him. Fred stopped in his tracks and turned to face his brother, with whom he was already a bit angry. Yeah, be sure and make it a good snog, okay? He grinned, his, his manic grin. No ordinary peck is going to satisfy the snogging spell. It's got to be outstanding with lips and tongue and the lot, just like I showed you this morning. Fred rolled his eyes and shuddered at the same time. Gee, thanks for the clarification, George. He shook his head and hurried out of the common room. As he left, Lee turned to George with raised eyebrows and questioning eyes. He seemed equally shocked and curious about what exactly George meant when he said, just like I showed you this morning. Fred hurried down the halls of Hogwarts, hoping he wasn't running out of time. So far, he hadn't gotten boils all over his lips, so he was, so he was doing all right. He burst open the door to the Great Hall, which caused many turned heads, and frantically scanned over the Gryffindor table for Angelina. She was sitting calmly on the far left of the table, spreading butter over a muffin. He began running toward her. Angelina! he yelled. Angelina looked up, curious to see why Fred was yelling and running about like a madman. Indeed, much of the rest of the Great Hall was also watching Fred with fascination. Uh, something wrong, Fred? asked Angelina, once he was near enough to her. Fred flopped onto the table beside her, knocking over a pitcher of orange juice that just happened to fall into Neville Longbottom's lap and went right at snogging Angelina. He noticed vaguely that there were, was much more lips and tongue and the lot going on than there had been with George earlier that morning. Have you gone mad? Angelina asked quite calmly as the two pulled away. Fred smiled. You know, that's exactly what I said to George. Huh? George and Lee were coming up right behind where Fred had come through and both of them were laughing loudly. Good show, Fred, good show, said George as he whooped with glee. What a performance, said Lee. George gave Fred a slap on the back. You know, you had a good ten minutes to go, Fred. You don't have to make such a fuss. Fred felt slightly embarrassed. Oh, well, you know. Angelina looked back and forth between Fred, George and Lee. Would you all mind telling me what this is all about? It's past the snog day, George proclaimed with pride. Yes, that's what I heard. Very early this morning, George. What does it mean? It means you have to pass the snog. It means you have to pass the snog. I just gave you to someone else within 30 minutes, or you'll be cursed, said Fred. He averted his gaze, hoping she wouldn't be angry. Hmm, said Angelina. Well, that's a little odd, isn't it? She gazed around the Gryffindor table, and her eyes fell upon little Dennis Creevy. He was, wa he was watching the older students with his jaw dropped and with nervous excitement in his eyes. When his eyes met Angelina's, he nearly fell out of his seat. Hey, kid, she said to him. Fancy a snog? Yee! cried Dennis. Lee and the Weasley twins laughed madly. Sure, I mean, if you don't, if you want to. Angelina leaned across the table, strangely taking no notice of Neville, who was still soaked in orange shoes, 
and gave the creepy child a big wet kiss. He fainted and his face fell into his porridge. Angelina shrugged and looked back at the and looked back at the boys. Well, that wasn't that bad, was it? Wow, said Lee. That's quite a woman you've got there, Fred. Fred blushed. He wished he could have handled it as coolly as Angelina had. Well, it's only a snog, Angelina said to Lee. She turned her head and looked at Fred. She gave him a sly grin, making him blush even harder. Blushing was something Fred certainly was not used to doing often. Angelina, said George. It's not any old snog. It's the snog. And its journey has only begun. <laughs> he laughed wildly and others gave each other sideways glances. Yes, indeed. They all knew it was true. George had bought the loon, the funny farm. Chapter three, those silly creevies. By the time the rest of the school had poured into the great hall and breakfast, by the time the rest of the school had poured into the great hall for breakfast, rumors were already buzzing about past the snog day. The younger students were overwhelmed with fits of giggles as they made guesses as to what past the snog day was all about. The older students tried to show up on an show up on one another by proving how much each of them knew about the said holiday. Breakfast was alive with excitement and even and even frightened chatter. Suddenly Dumbledore arose from his seat at the staff table. The great hall fell silent. It was unusual for Dumbledore to make announcements at breakfast. It has come to my attention, said the headmaster with a twinkle in his eye, that a student has taken it upon themselves to reenact a tradition long since forgotten. He stared obviously at George Weasley. I have no idea who it could be, but nonetheless, I'm fascinated to see what will come of it. For those of you without ears, it is past the snog day, of which I am speaking. Several first years from the Hufflepuff table broke into a fit of giggles, and they seemed for they seemed rather embarrassed to hear the they seemed rather embarrassed to hear the wizened headmaster say the word snog. The headmaster did not seem as though he noticed them and continued. I would strongly recommend that anyone who finds themselves to have been passed a snog to pass it on as soon as possible or else the consequences would be most unpleasant. The corners of his mouth twitched slightly at this, as if they were fighting a smile. As soon as Dumbledore sat down, the hall buzzed with chatter yet again. Dennis Creevy awoke suddenly and pulled his head out of his porridge. What? Where? Where am I? He looked at him. He looked about him with a great deal of fear in his eyes when he spotted Angelina. He blushed furiously when he remembered what had happened. He stood up in his seat to see over the heads of all the students in the hall. When he spotted his brother, he jumped off his seat and scurried along the hall to the other end of the Gryffindor table. Colin! Colin! he squeaked as cold porridge dripped down his face. What is it, Dennis? asked Colin in a voice that was almost as squeaky. Dennis began to bounce up and down with joy. I've been snogged, Colin! Angelina Johnson passed me the snog! Really? Wow! This is fantastic! But why is your face covered in porridge? Who cares? I've got the snog! Colin grinned and clapped his hands. Whee! My brother's got the snog! My brother's got the snog! The two grabbed each other's hands and danced around in a circle, squealing with delight like little girls. Dennis stopped suddenly, his innocent eyes wide and with seriousness. Oh my god! Oh my god, Colin! What do I do? Who do I snog? Do you think it's been half an hour? His high-pitched voice began to wail, and tears poured down his face. I don't want to be cursed, Colin! Wah! Colin looked at look, Colin looked around look there. Colin looked all around the hall. He began flapping his arms. In a panic. Uh I don't know. Oh no, Dennis. 
I think I see something forming on your lips. Oh, wait, maybe it's porridge, but maybe it's not. Dennis began to wail loudly. Quick, Dennis, pass it to me. Pass me the snog. In an utter panic, Dennis leaned forward and gave his brother a good snog. As he backed away, he fainted again. Colin smacked his lips. Uh, I think he gave me some of his porridge. Colin paused suddenly. Hey, now I've got the snog. Whoopee! What do I do? Who do I pass it to? Only half an hour. How will I ever decide? Just as his mind was beginning to race, he was suddenly hit in the face by a banana. Hey, Creevy, said a six-year from the Gryffindor table. He was a parent. Leader thrower of the banana. Pipe down, will you? You're talking to yourself. Sorry, Colin squeaked back. He began to take a walk around the great hall, weaving in and out of the tables and, sur and surveying the student body. Some of the students were still eating while others were collecting their things and getting ready for their first class. Colin would have to choose quickly and carefully. An honour as great as passing the snog did not just come up every day. He had been waiting his whole life for this. Or he would have anyway, if it weren't for the fact that he had only found out about the snog that very day. Nonetheless, he was thrilled to take on the duty. The bell rang and students began to file out of the great hall. Eek! Colin said to himself. I've got to pass the snog quick before everyone goes to class. Colin, are you all right? said a voice. Colin turned to see none other than the famous Harry Potter standing by him. Not only that, but he was speaking to him. This was rare indeed. Harry waved his hand in front of Colin's face. Hello, Colin, you were talking to yourself. Are you feeling okay? Colin seemed frozen, too numb to speak. He merely nodded his head. All right then. Harry walked away, followed by Ron and Hermione. Harry Potter. Harry Potter! The idea struck Colin like a banana to the face. Who else was more deserving of the snog than his idol, Harry Potter? But wait, Harry was now well on his way out of the hall. Come back! Colin cried in his head. Come back! I've got to snog you! But no words came out of his mouth. The great hall was becoming progressively emptier. If he didn't act soon, Harry would be in his first class and out of Colin's reach. Colin Creevy, he said to himself in a low, low as he could manage anyway, and mysterious voice. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to pass the snog to Harry Potter. He marched out of the great hall, mumbling encouraging words to himself as many other students gar as many other students gawked at him in awe. As he moved through the hallway, he stayed close to the walls, hiding behind cor hiding behind corners and suits of armor where whenever he thought he might be spotted. Dun -dun -dun -dun, dun -dun 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 -dun, he sang, moving slowly through the corridors with his self-made with his self-made secret agent theme song to accompany him. At last, he arrived upon Harry and his two friends just as they were pulling open the door. No! cried Colin, sweeping across the hallway. Everything moved in slow motion as he pushed students aside, grabbed a very frightened and confused Harry Potter by the robes and snogged him. Ah! cried Harry, pulling away. Colin, what's the matter with you? But Colin was utterly pleased with himself. I've done it! I've succeeded! He gave himself a salute. He then gave Harry a reassuring pat on the shoulder. Pass the snog, Harry, and good luck. Chapter 4. A Snogtastic Transfiguration Lesson The final bell rang, and Harry was heavy with fret as he sat down in transfiguration. Ron sat down beside him, laughing out loud. That was bloody brilliant, he teased. I'll be laughing about all... I'll be laughing about that all week, just when I thought that creepy kid couldn't get any weirder. Really, Ron? Hermione scolded. You're acting like a child. Oh, come off it, Hermione. You were laughing too. I most certainly was not. 
Harry tuned them out. It was all good and well for them to be playful. They weren't in possession of a cursed snog. Harry sighed in dismay. He had faced all sorts of dangers throughout his years at Hogwarts. He'd battled Lord Voldemort twice, defeated an enormous ancient serpent, dealt with nosy reporters, and faced a full-grown dragon head-on. But finding someone to snog in only half an hour? That was a task that exceeded even the bravery of Harry Potter. As he thought about it, he knew very well he, who he would have liked to snog. He grinned a bit as the face of Cho Cheng started to dance around in his head. He was positively tickled as he imagined what Cho's lips might taste like. They were so soft and pink, like tiny silk pillows, or maybe a tiny couch. A cosy pink couch on Cho's face. Ugh, wait, why was he daydreaming about kissing miniature furniture? Oh well, it didn't really matter seeing as Cho was off somewhere in another part of the building and he had only half an hour to find someone. He looked over at the Ravenclaws. They had class with that period. If only Cho weren't a year ahead, she would be right there for him to snog. Harry licked, his, Harry licked the tips of his fingers and pressed them softly against his lips, imagining they were Cho's tender lips. Harry, snapped Hermione from the desk beside him. What's the matter with you? What on earth are you thinking about? Couches, Harry answered quickly. Well, snap out of it. You haven't been taking any notes. Oh, right. Hermione left him alone to return to her own notes, but Harry still didn't pick up his quill. His head was swimming with too many thoughts to worry about lessons. All right then, split up into groups said Professor McGonagall. Practice together a few times. Huh? said Harry, looking around him. What are we doing? Hermione sighed and rolled her eyes. We're changing folding chairs into St. Bernard's. It's a good thing you have me in your group. You obviously weren't paying attention at all. Sorry, I was distracted by the cursed snog I now possess. He's... He tried to represent the frustration he felt and avoid taking it out on Hermione. Oh, not that rubbish. You can't believe everything you hear, Harry. Ron, coming over to join the group for practice, jumped in. You can believe it when Dumbledore says it himself, he said. I'd get rid of the snog, Harry, and fast. It's hardly that simple, Harry replied glumly. He looked up at Hermione. Hey, Miney, do you suppose... Absolutely not, cried Hermione. You're not passing any curse to me. But you didn't even believe in it. Harry sighed, seeing that Hermione would not budge. He searched the other faces in the room. Don't look at me, Ron snapped, before Harry could say or do anything. What you do behind closed doors is your business, but don't drag me into it. What? I hope you don't mean what I think you mean. Ron said nothing. Hey, I was not even thinking about passing it to you. And just because Colin went bongos and kissed me doesn't make me g- All right, said Hermione, putting a stop to things. Let's not lose our heads. Harry, why don't you just ask Parvati if you can pass it to her? You two are fairly neutral acquaintances, right? It should be no big deal. Are you sure? Of course. I'm sure she wouldn't mind. I think she fancies you a bit, actually. Seeing no other option before him, Harry crept over to the area where Pavati, Padma and Lavender were working on the transfiguration. Ron and Hermione pretended to be discussing wand technique while spying entirely, while spying intently on Harry. Harry gulped and stepped up to Pavati. Yes, Harry, she said with a look of confusion on her face. Uh, well, he began. It was not an easy situation to explain. You may have heard, but there's this cursed snog going around and... Oh, my! Pavati squealed with wide eyes. She looked at her friends. They were erupting with giggles. 
You've got the snog, don't you, Harry? She joined in the laughter. Harry blushed slightly, feeling quite frustrated. He didn't see the situation as being even remotely funny. Although he noticed out of the corner of his eye that Ron and Hermione seemed to be extremely amused as well. Listen, I was just wondering if I could snog you. I have to pass it soon or I'll be cursed. More giggles came from the girls and and more of the other students turned their heads and watched with fascination. Well, I suppose, she said through her laughter. What are friends for, after all? Uh, right. So, should we... Uh. Lucky for Harry, Parvati was not nearly as shy as he was. She went right to snogging him and pulled away, grinning to herself. Padma and Lavender... Padma and Lavender golf, ca- golf clapped for her. So, how long have I got to get rid of this snog, Harry? Half an hour, I think. Right then. Without another pause... Pavati turned to her friend Lavender, who was grinning from ear to ear. There was a great deal of gasping, giggling, and even cheering as the two girls began to snog. Whoa, said Ron. His jaw, like many of the other males in the class, was nearly on the floor. That's quite a friendship they have. His head began to tilt slightly as he gaped at the two friends. Oh, honestly, huffed Hermione who was positively revolted by Ron's behaviour. Students, cried Professor McGonagall in a fury. What is the matter with you all? Stop this at once. However, McGonagall's demand went unnoticed. Even, Even the infamously strict McGonagall could do nothing against the power of the snog. When the two girls had finished, they certainly made the most of their time, Lavender strolled slowly through the row of desks. Many eager boys tried to catch her eye. Many horrified girls tried to hide behind desks. She pointed to Seamus and lured him to her with and lured her to him with the motion of her finger. The giggling in the room was deafening as Lavender and Seamus snogged. Professor McGonagall sat at her desk, arms folded, pouting. If I find the n- if I find the nitwit responsible for starting this tradition back up, she thought angrily, I'll transfigure them into a toilet plunger. <sighs> oh, why not? Chapter five. Poor Neville. By the time transfigure was a by the time transfiguration was over, Padma Patel had the snog. The shock of receiving was almost nothing, though compared to the shock of seeing her twin sister attached at the tongue to Lavender Brown. She walked through the halls, searching through the sea of the student body, looking for a familiar face to snog. Nearly everyone in her own year and house had already received it during the rather scandalous transfiguration lesson. She kept an eager eye out for bright orange hair amongst the crowd but it seemed Ron had disappeared. She would have to settle for someone else. She passed by a group of sniggering Slytherin third years, all of which needed immediate dental care. Well, I don't have to stoop. Well, I don't have to settle quite that much, Padma noted to herself. So I said, why don't you run to your mummy then, mudblood? Hissed a particularly evil voice. Padma turned and saw the aforementioned Slytherins laughing viciously at what obviously been a horrible joke. Upon closer inspection, she saw that the centre of attention, the one who had told the joke, was none other than Draco Malfoy. Silly git, she thought. Everyone in his own year is tired of all his stories. He has to tell them to all the younger students. Padman noted to herself that he had dashing features, however, whenever he went whenever he went around tell, telling moronic stories, they tended to contort into hideous scowls. She began to walk towards the slithering click, rolling her eyes as she turned tuned in to the details of his pitiful story. And of course my father said Nobody cares, Malfoy, Padma said airily. Malfoy, 
cocked his greasy head and sneered at her. What did you just say? I said nobody cares. You're so moody. It's very unbecoming. The younger Slytherins giggled, while Malfoy's face grew red with anger. He drew his wand slowly. Give me one reason why I shouldn't turn you into a newt. Padma sighed, and taking a page out of Pavati's book, she went straight for the kill. Malfoy was shocked to find a foreign tongue creeping around in his mouth. The other Slytherin stood gaping. When she pulled away, Malfoy's ever-present sneer of confidence and superiority. He was quite dazed and frightened, very much like a boy who had never been who had never been before. Padma grinned and gave him a slap on the back. There now, that wasn't so bad. All you needed was a good snog to get that awful scowl off your face. She began to walk away, leaving the Slytherins in awe. She paused a moment, turned her head and said, Oh, by the way, Malfoy, pass the snog. The third years giggled. Malfoy shot them a dark glare that immediately achieved their silence. Crab and Goyle appeared behind Malfoy, a little late for the queue. Who was that? asked an astonished Goyle. Does she say pass the snog? asked an even more confused crab. Bloody girl, pass me that curse, said Malfoy, although it was hard to suppress a grin as he watched Padma's curves slinking away. You better get rid of it, said Goyle. He stuttered into his last few words. You can pass it to, to me, Draco. I'll take on the duty of it. Malfoy blinked. What? I don't mind, really. Goyle suddenly realised what he'd just said. I mean, I can take it. Don't you worry about me. Malfoy scoffed. <laughs> How about no? He laughed at Goyle, who blushed, and the two started walking towards the dungeons for potions. Crab stood there alone, scratching his head. Oh, he said suddenly, a rare look of uh, discovery upon his face. She passed you the snog! Malfoy rolled his eyes and kept walking to class as Crab ran to catch up. As they turned a corner to the dungeon door, a group of Gryffindors stood chatting in front of them. Malfoy sneered as he and his crew, as he and his cronies passed them. And when I cast a spell, it should bring Trevor right back to me, an anxious Neville Longbottom told. The group, Hermione frowned at him. Are you sure, Neville? I don't think you should be experimenting with spells like that. Neville frowned. But I've got to find Trevor. He raised his wand and muttered a few words that didn't sound like much of anything. Red sparks popped it. Red sparks popped out of nowhere throughout the entire corridor. Neville's robes caught on fire at the at the torso. He shrieked and began running around in circles. Hermione chased after him, attempting to cast a spell to put out the fire. Malfoy and the other Slytherins ha hooted joyfully. Draco! shrieked a female voice. Malfoy turned, confu Malfoy turned, confused, to face a frightened Pansy Parkinson. She pointed at the hem of his robes. Malfoy saw that he, too had been touched by a stray red spark. The flames rose up near, nearer to his backside. He squealed like a girl. Aquaria, called Hermione Granger. She had already extinguished Neville's robes and had come over to help Draco. He noted that she had certainly taken her time in getting there. He could feel the laughter of Gryffindor and Slytherins alike all around him. He scowled at Neville and stormed into the potions classroom. The rear of his robes, both scorched and smoking. Oh, both scorched and soaked. Thanks, Hermione, Neville said, blushing. No problem at all, Neville, she replied. He filed into potions with the rest of the students. He grimaced to himself when the bell rang to signal the beginning of class. Potions had always been his least favourite subject, 
for three reasons. Snape, the Slytherins, and Snape. A potions class could not go by without Gryffindor. Losing at least ten points on Neville's behalf. And all because Severus Snape was the meanest man that ever walked the face of the planet. Or at least to Neville he was. His stomach grew unsettled as Professor Snape came over to Neville. Interesting fashion statement, Mr. Longbottom, said Professor. The Professor hissed as he examined the enormous scorched hole on Neville's chest. Neville squirmed uncomfortably in his seat as the Slytherins guffawed. Professor Snape grinned in acknowledgement of his own joke and continued, Five points from Gryffindor for use of magic in between classes. He eyed Neville a final time as though he was vermin, and then mar- and then moved to the front of the class to begin his lecture. Just another day in potions, Neville thought grimly to himself. As he attempted to make sense of Professor Snape's rambling and put them into note form, he felt a pair of cold eyes watching him. He snuck glances at the nearby table of Slytherins and found that he was under the angry gaze of Draco Malfoy. He gulped. It was considerably harder to concentrate on his notes as the Slytherins spoke to each other in low voices and kept glaring at him. Oh God, thought Neville. What are they going to do to me? Why did I ever try that stupid spell? Suddenly, Malfoy kissed Pansy Parkinson. Neville thought this to be extremely odd. One minute, they appeared to be conspiring against him, and the next minute, they were snogging. The peculiarity of it made him even more worried. Now, if you'll get out the homework that I hope you... For your sake, you've completed. We'll begin preparing the ingredients, growled Professor Snape from the front of the room. The shuffling of papers could be heard around the room, and people were beginning to chop. And people were beginning to chop up gauzy bush roots. Professor Snape turned his back to the class and, in- and began searching through a wooden cabinet. Pansy Parkinson stood up from the table and walked toward Neville with a vicious grin on her face. The rest of the Slytherins snickered venomously as they watched. Neville's root chopping became erratic and uncoordinated, although it wasn't too great to begin with. Professor, cried Neville, who now feared for his life as Pansy came nearer to him. He could only imagine what horror the Slytherins had cooked up for him. Not now, Longbottom, Professor Snape grumbled, not turning away from his cabinet. But you see, Pansy, don't argue with me. I will be there in a moment. It was hopeless. No one was going to help him. He would just have to take whatever was coming to him. Pansy was now hovering over him. She was right next to him. She was closing in, and his punishment was a snog? Neville's face turned purple. Red from blushing and blue from lack of oxygen were mixed together. Pansy pulled away, wiping her mouth, and joined in the ferocious laughter that was coming from the Slytherin side of the classroom. Pass the snog, dork, hissed Pansy. That won't be easy, hooted Malfoy gleefully. No one would snog that. No one would snog that ugly git. Neville felt intense anxiety as the laughter rose in volume. He could actually feel people slowly creeping away from him. It's always me, he thought. Now I'll be cursed. As he thought about it, though, He realised there were already many unpleasant curses he had stumbled upon. Could anything be worse than what he had already experienced? I'll find out in half an hour, he thought glumly. What is going on here, Mr Longbottom? cried an angry Snape. He seemed to finally have paid any attention. Neville stood silently as the Slytherins continued to roar with laughter. Why are you disturbing my class? Please, Professor, Neville didn't do anything, 
spoke up Hermione. It was a Slytherin's. Hold your tongue, Miss Granger. I was speaking to Mr. Longbottom. He shifted his cold gaze from Hermione and focused it upon Neville. Well? Neville began to tremble beneath the evil eye of Snape. This was the part he always hated. Well, I... You see, sir... Don't stutter, Mr. Longbottom. Tell me what happened. I... What happened was I... Uh, Snape moved closer to Neville. He towered over him and breathed in his face. Answer me, you stupid boy! I... I... Sweat accumulated on his face. The Slytherin's laughter only grew. His hands trembled. Snape growled. Every eye in the class was upon him. He let out a horrible scream, then leaned forward and snogged Professor Snape. Chapter 6. Absolutely Scandalous. If any one of the students thought they'd seen Snape at his angriest before, they were wrong. As Neville pulled away, realising with horror what he'd just done, Snape's face grew scarlet with anger. He looked at Neville with the deadliest of glares. A glare so cold the laughter in the room was immediately silenced. Fifty points from Gryffindor, he bellowed, and detention for Mr. Longbottom. Neville seemed too frightened to move or speak. He trembled slightly. Snape looked at the silent, gaping students all around him. His face was still bright red. Class dismissed. Now! The awestruck students scurried out into the hall. The Slytherins howled with laughter once they were out of the classroom. Neville reddened and, and trudged slowly behind the rest of the students. Hermione tried to offer him a few comforting words. I don't know what made me do it, he said almost to tears. All I could think of was how I'd never get rid of the snog. It's all right, Neville, Hermione cooed. Everyone will forget about it by tomorrow. Everyone except for Neville, said Ron. His face was twisted in confusion, between disgust and amusement. He'll need years of therapy to recover from that one. Hermione shot him a B-sensitive and shut your whole look. He changed the subject. Well, at least it's gotten us out of class early. We've got some spare time before lunch. What shall we do? Let's go for a walk. Let's go for yeah. Let's go for a walk around the lake, suggested Harry. He figured some fresh air would do Neville some good after the horrific ordeal he'd just been through. Oh, wait, said Hermione with a frown. I've left my book bag in the classroom. Wait right here. It will only take me a moment. A moment. Watch out for Snape, said Ron. He looks about ready to hex the first person that makes a sudden move. Hermione rolled her eyes. Oh, don't. Oh, don't exaggerate. However, as she turned to walk down the hall, she held her wand close to her in defence. Just in case. She walked back down the hall and cautiously opened the dungeon doors. She hoped Professor Snape had slipped off somewhere so she wouldn't be yelled at. She slipped quickly into the room and straight to her and straight to her lab table, where her book bag was sitting on the floor. Underneath it, she turned around, and just as she was walking out of the room, she noticed Snape for the first time. He turned around at the same time and saw Hermione, whom he'd not heard come in. They both jumped. You would do well not to sneak up on a teacher, Miss Granger, he hissed evilly. He was walking frantically about, around his desk, pulling books out of shells, flipping through pages, digging through cabinets. Sorry, Professor, said Hermione. I just had to come back to... She paused, watching his flurry of peculiar behaviour. Uh... What are you doing, Professor? It's no concern of yours, Miss Granger. Now leave my classroom, as I previously instructed, or I will be forced to take points from Gryffindor. Hermione, of course, wanted nothing more than to leave as 
hastily as possible, but she found herself unable to move just then. Professor Snape kept moving nervously about. His hand seemed to be shaking. Hermione had never seen him act so strange. It took all her strength to present, to prevent herself from giggling. Professor Snape, it seemed, was freaking out. Suddenly, his shaking hands knocked over a glass of green liquid, which exploded upon impact with the ground. Hermione laughed. Snape shot her a look. It's not funny, he said, sounding very much like a child. He wiped his sweaty brow and continued what seemed to be rushing, rushed potion making. What are you making, Professor Snape? Snape sneered at her. He really wished she would just leave. But he also acknowledged that Hermione was a clever student. Perhaps she could shed some light on his dilemma if he explained it to her. If it satisfies your typical Gryffindor nosiness, Miss Granger, I shall tell you. I'm creating an antidote for the snogging spell. More giggles on Hermione's part, though they were silenced upon the icy gaze of Professor Snape. Wouldn't it be easier just to go snog someone and make it their problem? Absolutely not. I will not fall victim to this ridiculous tradition and embarrass myself by passing the snog. I've already snuffed it. I've already suffered enough to give me... I've already suffered enough to give me serious mental damage, thank you. Hermione was almost beside herself with amusement and curiosity. She, nor anyone else, for that matter, had seen Professor Snape act this way. The fact that he ever felt embarrassed was a revelation. Had she been more submissive to her evil side, she would have plotted some way to take ex to take a uh, to exploit his vulnerability. However, Hermione almost ten tended to give in to his sympathetic side. Oh, come now, she said. She tried to take the vials from his hands. He gripped them tightly. This is silly, Professor Snape. If there were an antidote to be found, someone would have found it ages ago. This is a very old tradition. Well, thank you for that information, Miss Know-it-all Granger, but I don't think you give me nearly enough credit. He spat, tugging at the ingredients Hermione was trying to take from him. I'll be forced to give you detention if you do not unhand my ingredients. It's just not worth it to go through all this trouble, Professor. Even you can't find the antidote in only half an hour. Now step away from the potion ingredients. I most certainly will not. Hermione gave him the eye. Yes, you will. No, I won't. They were both very stubborn indeed. Will too. Will not. Will too. Will not. Will too. Will not. Will t And suddenly they were snogging. Snogging a lot, in fact. Hands wandered along robes and tongues squirmed inside mouths. They found themselves losing balance as they, as they snogged madly and leaned against Professor Snape's desk. Their attention shifted only when another bottle was moved, was shoved off, causing an explosion of blue light. They pulled away sharply, both blushing like radishes and eyes as wide as muggle hubcaps. Hmm, said Professor Snape in a shaky voice. Let's not mention this. Ever. Hermione nodded furiously. Right then. Never happened. They stood awkwardly for a moment. I'd better get going and, you know, never speak of this again. Snape nodded. Indeed. She turned abruptly and hurriedly exited. Snape eased slowly into his chair, propping his legs up on his desk. Sitting in such a position, it was easy... It was easily visible through his robes just how much he had enjoyed that snog. Thank God she didn't see that, he muttered to himself. He exhaled heavily. I've half a mind to perform a confundus charm on myself. First Longbottom, and then Granger. The madness of it is well, mad. And now I'm even talking to myself. The git reawaken this tradition right ought to be hung up by his...
The door of the dungeon swung open, and Hermione came flitting in. Snape tried frantically to reposition himself, wanting desperately to hide his erection from view. He fell on his ass. Forgot my book bag, she said. She picked it up from beside Snape's desk and hurried back out. As quick as she had come, she met up with Ron, Neville, and Harry in the hallway, still feeling a little shaken. Ron let out an exasperated sigh. Finally, he said. How long could it possibly take to get a book bag? I have no idea what you're implying, she shrieked, eyes wide with fear. The three boys stared at her. Are you feeling okay, Hermione? asked Harry. I'm fine. What's with the third degree? They continued to stare. Well, you're acting rather nervous. Just back off, she paused, beginning to sweat under the curious stares. It's, uh, girl problems. Yeah, girl problems. That seemed to be quite enough to... Hushed the three boys up, and she let out a sigh of relief as the matter was dropped. Alrighty, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> I love the story so much. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh, there's not too much to say about this. Like I said, I, I think it is considered a crack fic um, because there are a bunch of couples and this isn't even the rest of it. I think the story is, God, how many chapters is this? Oh, I just read half the story. It's 12 chapters. Um, but uh, yeah, there's a lot more to come in it. Um, I didn't even get to like the most what the heck part of the story, surprisingly, but I wanted to at least get to the Hermione Snape kiss because that was just classic right there. Um, so let's see, there's, so Crackvic, um, with some pretty crazy couples. Like I said, that wasn't even the wildest of it. <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah, Hermione Snape is not a pairing I jump on really quickly um even though it's pretty popular in harry potter fan fiction um but i thought this was written really well i think i you know so i do remember the first time i read this um i sent it to a friend of mine and um their comment was yeah I, everyone seemed really out of character which i found really fascinating like that's how fan fiction kind of works is you know because I thought they were actually really in character you know Ron is just like really like like kind of bit of a sexist streak and just kind of you know and Parvati and Angelina are just kind of cool about everything and like I like how George is sort of the louder boisterous one here because usually in canon he's usually the quiet one Fred's kind of the instigator of a lot of things um but I like how George gets some airtime here so it's kind of funny how that works. Like, you know, one person thought they were out of character and another person thought they were in character. Um, this is another one of my... Well, again, it's one of my... It, it is a fanfic type I will read if it's written well. Like this... Um, I like how it was, you know... It's technically canon. I mean, you could argue that this did happen in the fourth year. Um, in Harry's fourth year. And all of... I mean, all of this was a thing. Um, so, um, and it kind of, you know, kind of gives rise to, you know, what were their, what were their Hogwarts days like outside of what we see in the books? And this was just kind of a fun way of doing that. Um, so yeah, I had a lot of fun with this one, reading it, reading it again, um, here was a lot, very entertaining. So I hope you all enjoyed, um, enjoyed it as much as I did, because it was so much fun. Um, yeah, that's about all I have to say about Pass the Snog by KT, the Shimmer Skank. Like I said, the, uh, the link to the fanfic, um, it's still up on fanfiction.net, so, um, the link is there, um, if you want to go check it out, um, it'll be in the description box, and I recommend it because the rest of it is pretty funny, so, alright, that's it for this, uh, segment. Thank you. 
Well, thanks again, everybody. As I said, um, I uh, it's really, really great to be back. Um, and I'm going to get myself back into a routine of recording episodes because I miss fan fiction. I miss reading. I miss reading fan fiction. <laughs> so it is a lot of fun to do. Um, once again, if you'd like to get a hold of me, uh, broomsticks and braille, uh, broomsticks and braille and is spelled out. Um, hpff at gmail.com um, if you have fanfics you would like me to read um, please send the link to them so I can um, actually find them and read them and put them in the description box um, of the episode and that's it so thanks again everybody great to be back I will catch you all next time and as always of course it is happening inside your head why on earth should that mean that it is not real? Have a great something. <laughs> Have a great one, everybody. <laughs>